Never had it so good. 101.1 radio. The best R&B and hip hop music. The Quiet Storm every Friday and Saturday. Talk radio with the best host in the business. 
Sports Talk Radio every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1 and it's 24-7, the world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust, vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. This is James T. Deshay, the host of Thoughts, Love, and Reflection, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. You know, I'm always looking for stories to talk about on the show that are meaningful and that deserve our time. And it is hard not to want to talk every day about Donald Trump and his disastrous administration. But then there comes along a story that makes you so angry uh, because it is just ridiculously unfair. And I have never been in the military, but all my life I've heard about the honor and respect that servicemen had for the duty that they served and for each other. And when you can't, when you are a part of a a group that has honor, but then when the people that you serve don't have honor, that gives you a lot of sadness. And I have to admit right now that I just don't know where our country is when the simplest of decisions seems to be beyond their ability to make. 
And, Nate, I'm so glad that you're here with us, and I hope that uh, Reverend Smith is here, will come on, because you two guys have served in the military. I've only been a part of of a football team and a basketball team, and and and, and I knew honor with those guys because I was with them through thick and thin. But when you come back home after serving two tours of duty, your country is supposed to be with you to your death. And this man, despite his shortcomings, did what a lot of Americans never will do. A gun, put on a uniform, and he stood watch. But yet nobody stood watch over his rights when he returned back home. And I just don't get it. I don't, this would be a simple call for me. Even if this man had committed murder, because when you lay your hand down for a country, the least they ought to do is take care of you for the rest of your life. So, Nate, I just want to get your aspect of this. You know, here's a guy who was here in this country when his parents brought him over here at the age of eight. He was told by a recruiter that if he went to the service, that he would receive his citizenship. And this man then did not do one tour of duty, but he did two tours of duty in Afghanistan, came home with the mental issues a lot of people come home with, got involved in drugs, sold drugs to an undercover cop, no violence involved. He goes, he gets 15 years, he does seven. During that 15-year term, he gets his degree and becomes a teacher's aide. Ready and prepared to come back out and and serve his country in another capacity, but they deport him. I think nearly ten years in 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 Wisconsin, and then they just drop him off or across the border and deport him. If that ain't a bait and switch, I don't know what you call it. What's your thoughts, Nate? First of all, good evening, everybody. <clears throat> so forgive me if I get a little emotional on this because this dot this does don't just hit home. This is this is home, you know, because that could be be me or a whole bunch of other veterans out there. And I'm very appalled because I have multiple um, deployments under my belt. I, too, have been diagnosed with PTSD just as that soldier. That soldier was at Fort Bragg just like I was. And for those who don't know Fort Bragg, that's the home of the 82nd Airborne. They get deployed a lot. They have to be within anywhere within 18 hours, no matter where that. They keep a brigade 
a five thousand plus on 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 standby at all times. So this guy just didn't serve in a regular unit; he was in the airborne unit. And the thing that bothers me is that this young man wasn't American, but he took our values. He took that oath to say he would defend this country against foreign and domestic. He fought the domestic. I mean, he fought the foreign. Now he's saying he got to fight the domestic. And it is so jacked because that man could have been killed at any given time serving this country, just like I have and every other person put that uniform on. I put this uniform on because I love what I do. I love I love fighting for this country. This is home. I know we jacked up at times, but it's still home. And I fight so our children don't have to fight. And, yes, this veteran didn't make the best of decisions, but I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't make the best of decisions either when I first came home and everything. When you see what we see on a daily basis, children getting blown apart, men and women getting shot up or dismembered, getting their fingers cut off for being nice to us and helping us, when you see that kind of stuff on a daily basis, you have to find something to help you cope and everything. And he, I mean, he was doing, yes, he he, he was doing drugs. Yes, he was drinking. Yes, he sold um, um, drugs to undercover officers. Like I said, he didn't make the the best decisions, but one of the greatest decisions he ever made was to defend this country. Should we forget his sacrifice and not help him? When I first came home, I'm, I'm going to share this with y'all who all listen. And when I first came home, I had a PTSD moment. I heard a loud noise, and I grabbed this dog, and I put a I put a knife to his throat. And for a few seconds I was back there. And to this day I don't remember it real good, but my mom was telling me this. And she said I was basically interrogating the dog. So they said they had to talk me down. Now when she told me this, I, I just bust out crying. And that what made me realize I need to get help because it happened one time, it happens again. I went to counseling, started dealing with a lot of it and everything. Now, if I'm dealing with that, there's other people who are dealing with it. I've seen soldiers in my unit who came home committed suicide. There was Jessica's suicide here of a soldier I knew about two weeks ago. This is an average of 22 soldiers. I've been 22 veterans commit suicide a day, an average. I'm very upset with with, with the commander-in-chief. He ain't just the president. He's the commander-in-chief. I mean, he's ahead of the military, and we know at the end of the day we're spendable. We know that. That's why it's a volunteer military. But to send this man to a country that he does not even belong to anymore after his service, he is he has an issue because of this country, fighting for this country, and we can't do no better for him than what what he did. We can't give him no better care. And that, and not only that, as a soldier, he refit, regroup, and reengage. He got himself straightened out, and did all the right things. And that does not count for anything. So that telling me right now, if I go out there and get in the incident, they're not going to count my service for anything. It means nothing. And it's so heartbreaking because just like him, I could have died at any given time. I seen so many bullets hit my vehicle. And to sit up here in 2018 and we deporting veterans 
I don't care what his nationality is. He wore the same uniform I wore, and we can't do no better than that. If that's not a reason to regroup, to refit and reengage when it's time for reelection, I don't know what is because I would have been from another country. He'll do the same thing to me. That's all I got to say, James. Thank you. You know, it is past ridiculous. And I bet you a lot of those people up there who making these decisions ain't never had to go to war. You know, one of the things that I think about on a regular basis is, is that these men sacrifice and put themselves in harm's way for me. And the least I can do is they are taken care of. They are sought after. This man is supposed to be taken care of for the rest of his life for those two terms of duty that he did. And as far as I'm concerned, we have not held up our end of the bargain. We left him behind. Every day he's in Mexico, we are we have failed our our duty and our commitment and our honor to this man. Supposed to be taken care of for the rest of his life. Give him Medicare, I mean, uh, medical for the rest of his life. Yes. Whoever made the decision to put this man behind the borders of another country, fail their duty, and they need to be reckoned with. This is a disgrace. I don't know who this man is, but he has a family. And now his family got to go see him in another country, fail to do our duty. We fail to do the honorable thing. Cheryl, it is just heartbreaking to me that, you know, again, I did not have to serve because of these men like Nate and like this man they deported. I was able to sit here on 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 America's earth and just work and pay my taxes and be a good citizen and allow them to protect me. And when this man went to that recruiter and got recruited into the service and told that he would be able to become a a citizen through his through his work, through his his service, and they do that to him, they just honor every man in the service. This is ridiculous. Good evening, and how's everyone doing this evening? Um, You know, when I read the article, too, me, myself, I was heartbroken because, you know, just as Nate um, so eloquently put everything is that is this all we see him as? And what they are doing is they are handing down these laws and putting a work on the individual or individuals. And I mean... In one sense, you don't want the knee to go down at the Pledge of Allegiance. 
But then you turn right back around and you want to disregard those who fought for this country why you didn't even get out to fight. I believe that they should not have to want for anything when they come home. And just like Nate said, I, you know, with the help, I believe that everyone that serves should be offered help. Because we can't even begin to imagine what they went through. And I don't even want to begin to try to imagine. But just if we just thought about it, it would be nothing that those of us who didn't go would have wanted to go through. And I mean, we have to have the utmost respect for everyone who is out there fighting for our country and who has fought for our country. And to me, that's a slap in the face, what they're doing. And I mean, until we can change some things, because I know he's not the first and he won't be the last. And they Mm -hmm. really don't care. They don't care. But I hope And I pray that we are doing what we need to do to be able to change these laws. That when the election comes, that we are getting to the polls, we are putting the right people in place. You know, and when we pray for our president and those that hold these positions, we are asking God to have his way with whatever he sees fit and whatever he sees as being fair. And we do have a fair God. And that's why it's so important to pray for them. Just as he said, pray for our enemies, we have to pray for them. Because we want God's attention to know what it is. He know all of these, but he wants us to come to him and to let him know what we are dealing with and how we feel and what we are wanting and giving us the help that we need. Because this has to change. It has to change. And again, I mean, this story was one of the so many heartbreaking stories that we are having to read about something happening because of what's going on with that, as far as the man that's in office and those that are down under him. It's just heartbreaking. One of the things that is just incredible to me is, is that it's just truly despicable command into he, he's, he's worthy enough and honorable enough for you to recruit him into your service. You ain't tried to deport him when he came there looking to be in the service. You promised him citizenship. And then you trained him and prepared him to go to war. He did two terms. 
and then when he doesn't uh, behave exactly the way you want him to behave, you ready to throw him away. That man put his life on the line and served our country and did what many of us will never get an opportunity to do. And he did it because it was in his best interest. He did it because he loved his country. And he said a few things that I thought that were just unbelievable. When I read the story, he said he'd rather die and be buried in America than to voluntarily go to Mexico. So he stayed that long time in detention because he did not want to go to Mexico. He wanted to stay in the country that he loved and he fought for. And those despicable men who lay in judgment of him, those cowards that weren't honorable enough to do right by him, use their prejudice spirit to send him home or send him back to Mexico because it's not his own. Cheryl, what, what are your thoughts about this? You know, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, like, you know, like I said again, I can't even begin to imagine what this man must be going through. I mean, you know, it's enough what he's going through after coming back home, which what is home to him. But now to be going to Mexico, that's, I mean, that can really set him off. And I didn't, I didn't quite see if he had a family or not. But it really doesn't matter because he's leaving everything familiar to him where now he, is, he feels safe and comfortable around people that he know and loves. And now you got to go somewhere where, I mean, how do you, how do, you do that? I mean, where do you go once you get off the plane or however they want to send him back or send him there? I mean, where do you live? What do you do? I mean, your whole life. You know what I mean? That's not even familiar to him. I just think that that is, I think that they need to feel it in some kind of way. To be able to understand well, whatever it is, Cheryl, they walked him. They walked him across the border and handed him over to the Mexican authorities. So Joyce, they just walked him across to the near, uh, you know, the, I guess the the closest part of Mexico and handed him over to authorities, as though he came over here and wreaked havoc from the very beginning giving him no account for his two terms of service and his honorable discharge. Hi, now, Joyce, this is how we're going to treat, this is how we're going to treat the people who serve our country and put their life on the line. Hi, everybody. Good afternoon. Um, my brother, before he passed away, he served in three branches of services. He served in the Air Force, he served in the Marines, and he served in the Army. 
and Nate, I have all due respect, and I can understand. But there's a flip side to this, too, you guys, you got to look at, too. He was a drug dealer. You broke the law. I mean, my if my brother would have came back from and he served in, uh, he got he called Agent Orange when he was over there. And if he would have came back and would have did drugs, we got to realize that the law does not apply. The type of law that we're looking at does not apply. I I, I can't say that enough. We 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 keep on it's our young people or whoever. We got to realize that when you break the law, they're going to treat you differently. They're not going to take nothing into consideration. Now, had this been an Anglo-Saxon type of person, you got the money. They'll look at you differently and everything. What they're doing now, they're even getting rid of the transgenders, the the people with – it it, it does not apply. We we got to realize that. And there's no exception to people of color who break the law. They're not going to look at it. It's plain – and simple, and I say of color, that means Mexicans, that means uh, uh, Afro-Americans, Indians, all the minorities. Yeah. When they, when you break the law, you're going to pay. That The law that is established does not apply, particularly for a person who does not have original uh, uh, born in this United States. Of course, he was born, but uh, he was it wasn't done as a, his parents or something was illegal. He was brought over at three years old, uh, and then if you serve in the military, you pay your dues to enough. My my thing is the difference between him and what Nate did is that I don't think Nate would have would have did drugs. That's harming other people, kids, uh, other adults. That's in you know harm's way, and he sought help. You know, there are programs, you know, you, you have to seek help. When my brother came back, he wasn't right uh, from the the the, uh, uh, the Vietnam War, and he had Asian on. He was never, ever the same, never the same. But he knew not to break the law. You know, he had issues. He had issues. But once you break the law here in the United States and you up color, there, it does not apply. I don't care what you do or how honorable you are. And you look, they, they don't even want to give you the respect when you go over there and honorably pay your dues. It's ridiculous. But we just got to stop breaking the law thinking that they're, they're going to bend. They're not going to bend when you break the law. They're not going to do it. It is plain and simple, right. black and white. I, my heart goes out, but we got to look at it, and we got to look at it the way that they that it it, it, it does not apply to us. Am I right, Nate? I want I, I wanted to pick it back on what you were saying. You're absolutely right, and um mm-hmm. and uh, I'm not I'm not going to excuse him for what he did and everything right. because he made some poor choices and everything. Exactly. But what needs but, to be taken in consideration? Uh, and I understand what you're saying in terms of him. Um, look at the article and it tells you that it was nonviolent drug transactions and that mm-hmm. this man was, you know, you have to recognize that this man had did two terms in Afghanistan and was dealing with some issues he needed help to overcome. And when you right. make that kind of sacrifice, it needed to be... They needed to look over that and let him be, because what they said was they fought for him to get his citizenship retroactive to the time that he served. So 
he wasn't supposed to be treated as a outsider. He was from the moment he did them two terms of duty, he was supposed to be treated as a citizen. So Reverend Smith, they were not he, his his country of origin was America because he served in the American military. So even what if what he did was wrong, and I said from the outset, even if it had been murder. He was an American citizen because he served in the military two terms, and the military owes him for what for his service. The Reverend paperwork Trump, wasn't complete. Yeah, I, I, the paperwork uh, complete. But that wasn't his fault. They had plenty yeah, of time to do that paperwork. James. Good evening, everyone. But. You're 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 upset, and I can understand that. I guess we all are upset in a certain, in, you know, in certain ways. But breaking the law is breaking the law. I'm sorry. Um, it, it is. I, you know, we all. Some of us served in Vietnam, and some of us served in other areas and whatever. But we we knew when we came back, we still had to stay within this within the laws of the United States. Regardless of what, and nobody's going to overlook just because you've been overseas and you fought in Afghanistan or you fought in Vietnam or you fought in Korea. There's a lot of men in jail right now who fought in the Vietnam War and okay. in Afghanistan, too, mm-hmm. and in Afghanistan. They may not have been deported because they are actually American citizens. What make his situation unique in reference to what you're speaking of is the fact that he was he was not yet a U.S. citizen. I don't think myself, this is just me, I don't think that we should take advantage of those people, any of us that are not U.S. citizens. They shouldn't allow them, if they're not going to give them the full amenities of a U.S. citizen, they should not allow them to go into the military. Yeah, okay. that part. So, but we we are so we are so busy trying to keep the rich folks' children out and the whites out of the military and getting killed until we will accept anything until it's all said and done, and then they jump back in. And they want to destroy those people because they didn't stay in and keep fighting. Now, him coming out, yes, I don't know. I read a part of the article. I guess I didn't see the rest of it. But uh, we know the right from wrong. And even if he had Agent Orange, which they sprayed Agent Orange on seven bases in the United States now, seven bases. And a lot of the men that are out there even today don't know that. There's been seven bases that were sprayed with Agent Orange before it was sprayed in Vietnam. So we, when we look at those situations, this guy was in a situation he could win either way. He wasn't going to win either way. Either way, he wasn't going to win. So I don't think I really. I've always said the same thing. 
I don't think that you should allow you shouldn't take those guys into the military and send them over there to fight for you and then you're going to call them non citizens. To me they should automatically the minute they strap on uh, their gear and they have been accepted into the military and they go through the training and they go to these different places to fight war, they should automatically be accepted as a United States citizen because you are not fighting for Mexico or you're not fighting for those Puerto Rico or other places. You are fighting for the United States, the American white wealthy establishment. That's who we fight for. And, so and let me go on and say this, because, because uh, Reverend Smith, that is my point exactly. The minute you use that man to go fight your war, he should become a citizen. But let me also remind you of a incident where another young man, same situation, he went to war, he did not come back. And do you know that they deported his wife and her children who were born in America because he didn't live long enough to get his citizenship. See, that's the stuff that's dishonorable to me. To me, a man laid down his life for America, and you don't have the respect and decency to take care of his wife and her children, and you deport his wife and children because they didn't meet a deadline about how long they were married. This James, man went and I gave his lady's life down. And this is the kind of James. stupid stuff, stupid rules that them same people who making these decisions probably didn't put their life on the line not one time. No, and they so, didn't. Uh, Dean, James, but Dean, when I'm sitting here talking are, to you. Let me say this. Let me say oh, this go ahead. before you go today. Let's look at it now. We that are black, the only reason they haven't deported us is because they can't. Look at Nate. He went in and spent 22 years in there. I spent my my four years plus in there myself, you know, and a lot of others have spent time in there. But we we, we were, quote, unquote, American citizens. If they had had some place to send us, they would have, they wouldn't have, and we still don't get the same, we still don't get the same kind of care. And and, and, and and people are not that concerned about us as they are the the, the, the white soldiers. We know that. True. We know that. We know that. And and so we, we govern ourselves accordingly. And that's what we have to do. So I'm sorry, but go ahead. Go ahead. Ahead, well, what are your thoughts, uh, Dee, about what seems to be a very, very dishonorable that would use uh, immigrants in our military and then find ways to deport them once they get home? Well, James, uh, good evening, everybody. I'm sorry I'm late. Uh, dealing with family issues. Uh, but I, I, I had no idea that that was even possible. Uh, this is, uh, excuse my naivete, but um, I didn't know that that was even possible. Um, I've I've heard um, 
the Trump administration screaming about uh, Obama not being a citizen and uh, and and him being elected president. So how is it that a person can fight uh, uh, two ter- two tours in the American military and still not be co- uh, considered a citizen? I am shocked to even know that 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 type of uh, clause exists in America. Thank you, James. Sorry about that. You know, the fact is is that it is despicable, and I don't care who did it, and I call them despicable, and I call them cowards because they don't stand up for what is right. I can fully understand that you've got gang members that you will deport and send them home no matter how long they've been here, and I support that wholeheartedly. But to have a man that served two terms of duty, really did more than you did, and then have you judge him because of what he did, and and when we talk about uh, drugs, put him in jail as long as you think is necessary and feasible. This man, while he was in jail, got a degree and was a teacher's aide. He's done everything he could possibly do to get his life back under control. And instead of releasing him after he got uh, finished his seven years, you made him do more than 10 years in a deportation camp. That is despicable and cowardly. Regina, I just can't have no respect for any man who did that, because if I laid judgment of that man, I would sit there and think about the fact that I didn't pick up no gun and I ain't lace up no boots. I ain't have no ammunition flying past my ear. And if anybody deserves to remain here, it's somebody who pick up a weapon and lace up his boots. I totally agree with you, James. Totally agree. I, I ran across that article briefly and um and saw it and, and that was I couldn't believe it when I so just the brief part that I read. So I'm glad that you, you have this, you know, on the program, this issue on the program. I'm wondering how many more people out there will he attempt to do that to? And another question, are if if the person was in the military, if you're in the military, do you have to be registered to vote? I, I'm just wondering how many people can we get fired up to register to vote to get him out of office Is this a cause For people to start saying You know of all nationalities To register to vote um, Nate Did you have to have a social security card uh, To be In the military I mean was that a part Of filling out your application oh, yeah. yeah you um you got to have a yeah. social security card, um, birth certificate, uh, some type of legal um, documentation. Um, 
uh, proof of identity and a lot of things. A lot, well, a lot of people don't know about the military, and I found this out that you don't necessarily have to be a citizen. You could be a resident and join. Right. And, right. and 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 that's and that and that's you know uh, um, wishy washy. But a lot of we have a lot of people in the military service right now that are residents and who has not haven't received a citizenship yet. And I really appreciate everybody's passion on this. I really do, and everything. And um, the thing, one one of the things about that young man, and like I said, he was in 82nd Airborne, is that he ain't just served two tours. He served two tours within a six month period. He wasn't even home six months, and they had him going right back again. You know, and, and that's how it was uh, in the early 2000s. We didn't come home long. We went, we went right back out because the military was so shorthanded that even the Army raised his recruiting age to 42. 42, they were still taking people in just to fill those um, uniforms. So my, my question is, when you get to that point and that desperate to put bodies in uniforms, and like I said, the man paid for his duty, his, 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 his crime and everything. I'm not going to excuse him. You know, I'm not going to excuse him, and because uh, to excuse him is to make excuses for what he did. No, he did. He, he made some bad decisions. Just like I made some bad decisions when I came home. But thank God that I had family and support. My own mama told me she did not recognize me when I came home, and everything. A lot of my own children that were scared to talk to me, and I had to realize I made a conscious decision. Let me get help. That's why I'm not ashamed to talk about what I've been through. Because at the end of the day, through counseling. And through the word of God, I'm good. I'm good. Now, he Amen. got me through this without a shadow of a doubt. But here's the thing, though. Everybody else ain't good and everything because this man is in another country. And my question is, okay, did y'all just cut his benefits off like that? Now he's in another country? What what, what about mm-hmm. his benefits? And Because he earned that stuff. You know, so mm-hmm. what, what about that? And, and, I'm, and I'm tired of I'm tired of young men paying a price for old men starting wars because they're the one who got to fight the war, and when they become older men, the men who started the wars are dead and gone, and the men who still in office that are old is not taking care of those people. They're not being we're mm-hmm. not being taken care of because those, that that same young man right there could have went out there and committed suicide. Now who would have gave a darn then? Who'd have committed suicide? He would just been another number under a blanket. So suicide breaking the law. What what what, what is the difference? These veterans need help. They're homeless. Ain't nobody doing anything. They're homeless. They are, the only reason why they made such a uh, – these last few years when it came to veterans, because it was too many homeless white veterans. It was too many white veterans uh, committing suicide. Yeah. As soon as something yeah. happened to white America, we, we – oh, 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 it's, 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 it's red alert then. But if there'll be a black yeah. man, a Hispanic man, or anybody else who served a country just as honorable, if not more honorable, than what? During World War II, there was no African Americans awarded the Medal of Honor until Bill Clinton became president. That's right. So, 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 and what they did, they took their names. What they, what they did, they took their race off their records and put it to a committee. And when the committee read the uh, read what they did, they said, "Why this person has not been nominated?" So, this doesn't shock me, but it appalled me. Because it's like you're only good for when you, we need you, but when you when when we need help, this country is only about themselves. So topics like this on this radio show, that's why that's why I call y'all my family. 
y'all my support. It be some days I I I I struggle. I sit down and I buy myself. Even today, and Reverend Smith can tell you this. I reached out to him. I texted him today, and uh, asked Amen. him a few questions. Just just to stay linked. Like if I'm just yeah. doing that. What makes you think nobody else is doing that? Who's who who has PTSD? Who's seen a child get blowed up? Who's seen a woman right. get her head cut off? Who's seen a man get his head blown off? I've seen these things. And it's by the grace of God that I, 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 I'm, I'm here. So when you expose a person to that, it's our responsibility to make sure they get all the care. Now, I mean, hold them accountable. Please hold them accountable for everything that they do. We've got to hold them accountable. But to take this man and put him in another country and saying, we threw with you now. We threw with you now. That's right. And wear them like dirty draws. And that's how they treated that man that they were dirty draws. How can I sit here and today knowing that my brother in arms in another country stand here and say, I'm a proud America? No, I'm not proud today. I'm not proud. Amen. Thank you, sir. You know, it is it is just when you when you are in a position to do the right thing, that's what is honorable. When it's when everybody looking and you gotta make a decision and it may not be the decision that your cohorts will make because you know you're doing the right thing, that's when it's honorable. So that's why I, I call them despicable. Because they're up there just following suit. And, and throwing this man away because they think he is disposable. But he wasn't yeah, disposable when he signed up. You know, he wasn't disposable when he signed up. He was a he was a person they could give a gun to and he could hold a position. You're right. And, you know, I'm listening to a lot of um, things that are being talked about. And... I understand, you know, the crime that he committed. But as I'm hearing, he also paid the price for the crime that he committed. And, you know, it's that why what he did good did not count for anything. And I do understand what you say, Joyce, when you say that, um, you know, they don't count that, you know. If you are any of color, then they disregard that. But, you know, um, I do believe that you should become a citizen immediately once you sign up for the military. Once you make, once they make the decision to take you, that should be an automatic sign up right there. Um, it should not be you no. Know, you having to wait for the paperwork. Well, let me wait to officially get in when all my paperwork is through. I bet you they would hurry oh, up right. that paperwork then. There you right. go. You know, mm-hmm. but because we don't demand certain things, and you know, and not only that, when you join in the military, you trust in what they saying. They telling you one thing, and you really trust and believe it until something happens. And then when something happens, you know, we hear a whole nother story. So, and there's too many military individuals, like I said, that have been through things that I would have never wanted to go through. And that have done 
a wonderful job. Some have um, fought and came home, and many have fought and not even come back home. And we ought to be able to take care of their families. We ought to be able to be, and it should not be no time thing. You know, I mean, I've seen even on one of the shows where uh, um, a young lady, a black lady, um, fought in the military, came home and living out of her car. And she's Mm -hmm. trying to take baths in, you know, different places and get herself together to go just to find a job. That shouldn't even be. It should not even be. I mean, we have our priorities all messed up. And, I mean, here we give, you know, um, and support the rappers, the singers, the you know, the basketball players. I mean, and I'm not saying that they should not make their money, but, and not only that, the politicians. You know, and it's not the salary. It's all the perks. Everything now becomes free. Everything now becomes, mm-hmm. well, they don't have to pay for this. They don't have, they can do this without paying for it. You know, and it's so unfair. It really is. And, I mean, we need somebody in office that is going to be fair in a lot of um, areas, in all areas. Yeah, you know, um, it is, we can tell the difference in leadership. And you know, a lot of this stuff didn't happen under um, President Obama's watch. You know, we they he deported a lot of people, but his deportation was not done by splitting up families and sending military people. And, and there was a difference, and that's why when... This man came in, he right away did an executive order to rescind President Obama's order. And so that lets you know the kind of party that we're dealing with. You know, the Democrats are not all they should be, but I just believe in a lot of ways they care about people. And that's the reason I've always been a Democrat. It's because they care about people, and I have a heart for people, and they try to do the right thing, and that's what I'm talking about. This is nowhere near the right thing, Joyce. There's nothing honorable or good about what these people did to this man. There, there is no right when, when what we're dealing with and we're looking at it in today's society. And getting back to what Nate said, indicating Nate, the reason why there's an opium problem because it's a white man problem now. Black yeah. men been dealing with opium uh, uh, drugs right. and, 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 sure. and uh, problems since day one. I mean, years ago. But all of right. a sudden now, even they having specials here in Arizona on the ten o'clock news do specials about the everyday mm-hmm. people, white, who have have opium problems. That's why it's an epidemic, and that's why they're putting billions of dollars into the system now trying right. to get a fix for it. But, hey, nobody – that's why I say we got to wake up and be smart. People of color, we've got to be smart. Your law, the law of the land is not for you. It's not – it doesn't work that way. Believe me, I'm a living witness of that through the court system. It doesn't work. 
And if it doesn't work in the court mm. system, it's not going to work in no type of law enforcement. It's not. They right. create these laws, and they twist them any way that they want. And they can sit up there and look you in the face and knowing all the time they're they, they doing wrong. But they got the power. People are power. So we got to be smart. We got to think smart. We got to act smart. Do not break the law here in the United States. I'm telling they're going to treat you like you're a foreigner. And in a foreigner, they send your butt off to prison for a long time. But now here, they don't even want you in their prison no more. They want to send you across the border. So we got the really, really, really sure it's wrong. It shouldn't have never been. The day that you put on that uniform should have been the day that you became a citizen of the United States of America because that's who you're fighting right. for. Right. That's what should have right. happened. Day one, day they right. swore you took the pledge because if I'm not mistaken, when you go to military, you, you, you have a pledge that you take. Yeah, the day that you took that pledge, you put that uniform, and they gave you a bald head, that should have been the day you became a United States citizen of the United States. No if and but about it. But you got Trump in. What do you want to do? He's going to let some of the people come in, but the young people, but he wants the old parents and the old people to go back. What are they going back to? This is ridiculous. And his wife and his wife, mama, and his mama, they're all from a foreign country, but it doesn't apply to That's them right. because they have money. Money is power. That's why we have to think smart. We really have to think smart. Don't ever think that you're going to get a break when it comes to that law. It doesn't work that way. When you break the law, you break the law. They're going to make you do the time, and they're going to make an example out of you. And maybe mm-hmm. so that's what they're doing right now. They deported a woman here from Arizona from her family. And she went across the border. Good thing, I'm assuming she had relatives or something. But now they have a a, a, a dad. He's away, and he's leaving a mom and four kids here. Trump makes an example out of people. It's ridiculous. You know, and, and they did everything right. They registered on time, and they applied for their, they applied for their citizenship, and that's how they get you. You know, with Obama, it was honesty. But here, if you apply for your, they, they, they know when to come deport your butt back. It's ridiculous. But that's who you have in power now. And I, it's sad. It's sad. Now, we, we can only make things happen if it happens to a majority of white folks. That's when things that's change. Right. And also, I would like to speak. I also would like to speak, and I'd like to take it away for just a second. I am so disgusted with this brother from NRA. Of all the people representing NRA, they picked a brother to get on there and talk about that, the negative and talk about the young people. About if, if you wouldn't have got shot, and nobody would even, a brother, can you believe that? that he probably don't even own a gun. It was a district. Now, that you part. know all the people with NRA are white. But they did a brother, a brother. I am just so sad and so sickened about that. We need to be, we need to make better choices. Stop being used that way. He probably don't even own a gun. I am just sick about that. That is ridiculous. What are you telling our black kids? What are you telling our black sisters and brothers? It's okay for you to have a gun? That's what you're telling them when you're sitting there uh, representing the NRA. 
We've and they put themselves behind the shield of a black brother. And you know what they're calling them, mm-hmm. a N-I-G-G-E-R. Hello. And you know what we call Thank them? You. I'm sorry about that. I'm just, I'm just heated up about that one. Yeah. Well, George, the thing about that is you you got to be some kind of nut because those NRA rules are not for African Americans because if they were, then you could go to a state where where it is a open carry state and you could walk around black, white, or uh, Asian and nobody would mess with you. But let you walk right. down the street armed with a rifle uh, 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 open carry and see how far the police let you go. When they talk about open carry, they ain't talking about you. When they talk about um, Daniel Brown, they ain't talking about black people. Oh. You know, you better recognize who they talking about when they implement these laws because, you know, they've done a few experiments where they got a, a black student walking down with a rifle, and they make him get on the ground and take his rifle. person do it, they talk to him. They want to understand why he's carrying it. So you better rec- you know, people need to recognize what these, and that's why, again, that I, I, I'm in the party that I'm in, because I, I, I try to get the best shake that I can get. It might not be the right, it's the the best shake, but it's a better shake than them Republicans will give you. You better believe okay. me. Reverend Smith, and that's why, you know, I really it's important to me to have you and Nate on because you all know what it is to serve. And to be put down and let down like this man was, uh, like Nate says, how is he going to get his benefits now? They don't stop owing him the, the, the benefits he he fought for because they don't put him over there in Mexico. So tell me how he going to get his benefits. I don't have the slightest idea, James, but I mean, if, 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 if they cannot, they cannot, they should not. And not, I never say what these people can't do more, uh, but mm-hmm. they should not be able to cut off this young man's uh, 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 benefits, period. Because he did what he was supposed to do. Now it's time for them to do what they are supposed to do. You know, but that's been going on for a lifetime, really, ever since. I know I joined the military in 1960. And um, it was, and I'm going to use this word, but it don't mean I caught pure hell as a black person in the military during the 60s. You caught the devil. You really did. did. Um, yes, I did. <laughs> I did, but we we fought through it, and and then, but we didn't have much of a choice. So they were drafting people during those times. I volunteered, but they were drafting people during those times. And most people don't understand the draft was 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 removed because of the of the of the wealthy people not wanting their children to go. They said, wait a minute, you got enough of these other folks out there to go over Mm -hmm. and fight. Why should my children die? And that's why the the draft has never came back. And it will never come back unless the American people say stand up. 
most American people think that the draft, and that's why when Nate was saying that, uh, yeah, they did up the age to 42 because they were short, and they still short of personnel because people are not volunteering anymore like they used to. And this situation here is going to cause them really to not, don't you think they haven't heard of this now? These young folks, these young folks might be out there in the street, but they hear this kind of stuff. And so they're not going to volunteer now. The schools, especially those in schools, they're sending these recruiters to high school. Kids going straight in out of high school and other places like that. And, and But the white establishment, the wealthy ones, they're keeping their children away from the, the hurt, harm, and danger until it happened, like I think it was Joyce that was saying, you're right, Joyce, about the opium problem. The opioid now. Mm-hmm. Now it's opioid. Before it was just flat out <laughs> opium. <laughs> they got away. Everything changes. The name changes when it comes to them. It's a heroin problem, period. Okay? It's opium, period. Flat out. Nothing else. Plain old opium. And you're right. When I was working out there on the cover, I told them, you told them, everybody, but it was the heck with them. It's not in our neighborhoods. But now it's in their neighborhood. So it's the same. They're playing the same games. The same, and they've been playing them, and they're going to keep on playing the same identical game. But to take this young man's benefit, to take it from his kids or his family, that should be a red line that none of us want to allow to happen. It took me 50 years to get my benefits. 50 wow. years. 50 wow. years. I just started Crazy. getting my benefits in 2014. 2014. So it, it, they, they, they treat you, us, like we, we're nobodies. And these individuals that are over here who think these people, I'm talking about the Latinos now, who think these people really care about them, they are lying to themselves. The Indians, anybody with dark complexion, brown skin, pecan, I don't care what it is. You, I'm here not, to tell you. You, you, you they, they don't realize that as long as they can use you and they'll find it out eventually like we did, as long as mm-hmm. they can use you, they will yeah. keep you right in there. Just like that idiot they were talking who, who that was that was talking about this fool. That's what I call him, a fool. <laughs> I wish I could say the rest of it. But God forgive me, please, Lord. But who's sitting up there talking about the NRA? I w- I've never seen him, but I wish I could see him. I didn't see him on TV. He was on TV. If he was MSNBC, MSNBC, you check it out. They keep showing him. They keep showing him because he's the face of NRI right now. He NRA. He's the face of of, of the organization right now. Can you imagine? Unreal. That's a shame. But you know what I'm saying, James, is this. These are stories that are not going to go away unless 
what the Constitution said, we the people of the United States, in order to form a more yes. perfect union, okay? And we are not. We sitting back on our duffs as blacks and not go right back to it again, especially in the churches where we got all this power to speak power to power. Mm-hmm. We're not speaking we're not speaking power to power. That's why I'm so glad I'm out. Now I can speak. If you listen to my sermons or anything else I spoke, like I spoke yesterday, I just, just tell it. I don't care. Just tell it like it is. Because I ain't right. going to hell. I'm not going to hell for nobody. All but at right. the same time, these people are acting so stupid. Sitting mm-hmm. up in the, behind these four walls, acting like they are royalty. And, and none of us are. We are all nothing. All of us are nothing. And then we keep we allowing them to do it, too. So what do you do, James? What do you do? Cheryl, what what do we do? You know, we have to be, God tells us he no respect of a person, but they are surely making these decisions based on respect of persons. Yes, they are. You know, but if those that are joining the military and they are not legal citizens, if they don't join until they have all of their paperwork, you know, stating. Because you can't go by what they're going to tell you. They're going to tell you, oh, it's going to be all right, and we'll have it all together. But right. if those of color make sure that they have all their business in order, and see, that's one thing that we um, have a tendency not to do. We have a tendency not to have all our business in order. We go, uh, we go with along with what is told to us, and then when it's all over with, then we're the ones with egg on our face because we can't mm-hmm. prove anything. And once we start having our business in order and knowing, and you know, I'm a person like this. I don't, uh, I don't leave it up to somebody else to handle. I walk my paperwork through to make Amen. sure it gets from point A to point B or oh, whatever yeah. I have to do. So that's another thing that has to be taught, that you can't go by what somebody tell you. You got to show me. I need it in documentation. And that's once right. that is done and enough people are doing that, then guess what? They'll start making it as a routine because they'll see that they can get people in the military if they don't right. have it. And if we and if they start demanding certain things in order to join the military and see that people begin to back up if they can't get these demands met, then they'll start stepping up. But, you know, we can't go by they can't those who enter into the military, they can't go by what somebody is saying. They can't go by that. They have to have it in black and white. Just like today, right. what they do all the time, you know, talking about this call is recorded for um for quality, quality assurance. It's not for quality <laughs> purpose, you know. We know what we being recorded, and guess what I do? And I and I have my recorder on my phone, and I tell them Hello. the same thing too. I'm recording That's you right. for quality purpose as well. Thing. That's I right. Do. 
I most certainly That's do. It. Because you're not going to get there and, and say your side and my side is mm-hmm. not recorded. Oh, no, it's not going to go like that. And we have to start taking care of our business. And that's the thing. Right. We leave it to other people to handle things, and we believe what somebody else telling us. Well, we got to handle it our own self. Because Amen. Uh, we get our business gets fallen by the wayside. So we got right. to do better at handling our business. As far as the military is concerned, right, we don't have to worry about that too much anymore. Because uh, if we look we're at it, take- let me just say this. Okay. I'll wait till we get back and let you Go know ahead. about Go our ahead, young George. people. And, okay, our young people are not going Go to ahead, the George. military like they used to. Okay, our young people are not going to the military like they used to anymore. You don't have to worry about that because Trump don't want us. But what's going to be their wake up call is when all these white kids, the kids start getting shot up, killed in the military because you know black folks, we're not smart enough in Mexico. They want you back over against the wall. Now who else is going to represent them? Hello. The one on opioids. That's right, but they 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 haven't thought of that yet. They haven't thought about that one yet. Hello. All right, we're gonna take a break and we're gonna come back and have, let everybody have their final thought. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. 
sir. Um, it, it is, it uh, is George, deeply frustrating. My final thought is that is that we need to wake up. We need to wake up and pay attention to what is going on. And my thing is, please do not break the law because if you do, it does not apply for you. There's a different type of standard. Until we learn that, we will we will always be at someone else's mercy, which they don't even care. So please, please do not break the law. Thank you. Cheryl, your final thought for this evening? Um, one of the things that I really want to say is those things that were mentioned today, for those of us that is here, please let us begin to educate others. Let us not keep this information to ourselves. Let us help somebody else who's also joining the military or merely, merely just needing to take care of their own business, whatever it may be. But as I always say, whatever we're doing, we can always do more. Thank you, Cheryl. Nate, your final thought for this evening? My final thought is thank you. Thank you for just making this known, you know, and talking about it and discussing it. Thank you for the passion. You know, I know earlier I said I wasn't proud to be American, but after listening to my brothers and sisters talk today, I'm very proud. So just thank you for bringing awareness to this. All right. Reverend Smith, your final thought for this evening? There's an up and down side to almost everything that we do, and I've I've had to, and I do take the posture of looking at this as being a fulfillment of the Word of God. Unfortunately, we're still here, and well, fortunate, not unfortunate, we're still here, and like Cheryl and Joyce were saying, we've got to take control of our lives. We've given our lives over to. Uh, them for too long, way, way too long, including the 400 and some years of our slavery, and even up to now. So we, we've just we, we've got to take control of our lives, and until we do that, and until our other uh, darker, complected brothers and sisters from the different countries understand that, we still got to stand up for ourselves anyway. And thank you again, James, for your passion, like Nate said, about the military, because I'm very passionate about it myself. All right. Guys, I just want to thank you for your continued support. Know that we're on seven days a week, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Call in at 657-383-0903. Excuse me, 0309, so your voice can be heard loud and clear. Thank you, everybody. Talk to you tomorrow. You know I love music. And every time I hear something hot, it makes me want to move. It makes me want to have fun. But it's something about this joint right here. This joint right here, it makes me want to...
Surf 